Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. Jesus. Jesus, the name above every other name. Yes. Jesus, the only one that could ever save. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. We live for you. We live for you.
There is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me.
Say. 
This be a sacrifice. Let me dedicate my life to worship you. Let this be a sacrifice. Let me dedicate my life to
our passion stirring deep inside. You're all that really satisfies. We worship you.
lovers of your presence. We lovers of your presence. We lovers of your presence. So we want to be. We lovers of your presence. We lovers of your presence. Lovers of your presence. So we want to be. It's all I want to be. 
Just press into his presence right now. Just lift your voice and just press into his presence. He's right there. He's right there. Let your hunger arise. Let your thirst arise. Let it come out. Let the river flow out of you before his throne. He's right there. He's right there. Sing a church, come on.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thought just have everybody stand for the reading of the word of the Lord. Luke chapter 7. He began to speak to the multitudes concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who are gorgeously appareled and live in luxury are in king's courts. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger. Say with me, my messenger. Before your face, who will prepare your way before you, For I say to you, among those born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist, but he who is least in my kingdom, in the kingdom of God, is greater than he. For the Lord says, I'm ushering a clarion call to the least of my kingdom. Will you be my messenger? Will you be my messenger? Will you carry the message of my blood to this lost and dying generation? For many have said, I cannot speak, Lord. But the Lord says, I will cause the least in my kingdom to have, as it were, the anointing, even of John the Baptist, to preach repentance and a baptism of repentance, says the Lord. For it is only through repentance and through my blood that I will wash away the iniquity of the generation, says the Lord. For the enemy has stolen the message of my blood, and I am taking it back, says the Lord. Will you be my mouthpiece? For I'm not calling only those with the title of apostle and prophet, but I am calling the least in my kingdom, says the Lord, to take upon you the mantle and the message of my blood of repentance and the remission of sin to the nations. Will you be my mouthpiece? Will you carry that anointing? For I have given to each one of you the ministry of reconciliation for I am reconciling the nations by my blood that I had shed through my son says the Lord arise for I desire to rescue a generation will you take the message of my blood upon your lips will you embrace it in your heart says the Lord for it is through my blood I will redeem I will remit, I will sanctify, and I will cleanse the nations of the earth, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Give Him praise. Give Him the glory. Hallelujah. Let's go back into one of those songs about the blood. We sung like two of them. Let's go back into one of those two songs. 
Hallelujah. Stay in the Spirit. Come on, flow with me, flow with me. There it is. Let's sing it, church. Oh, the blood of Jesus shed for me. What a sacrifice that saved my life. Yes, the blood is my victory. blood of Jesus shed for me. What a sacrifice that saved my life. Yes, the blood that is my victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This morning, I just kept hearing 727. Sure enough, Luke 727. Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. 727. But I'm just wondering if anybody here that July 27th is a special day for you. I don't know if it's a birthday, an anniversary, some significant event happened on 727, July 27. Is there anybody here like that this morning? I want you to be into praying the Spirit with me. Come on. 727. 727. July 27. Anybody in the in the house? Hallelujah. Give him praise. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is that you? What, what happened on 727? This is kind of unusual. Well, I had a vision a number of years ago, and it was uh, the glory of God when there's a tree or a branch or mm-hmm. like that. I was described as 727. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hurra kasa kadabreta kadabote. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the promise of 727, Lord, that would bring the glory, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, we come in alignment, Father, with the 7 to 7, in the name of Jesus. Lord, the promise of the glory given to this man of God, in the name of Jesus, Father, I pray, O God, Lord, that he would see the release of the spirit of glory in the name of Jesus. For the Lord says, even as I have given you the promise of seven to seven, that you would see the covering, the release of my glory in your lifetime. The Lord says that vision, that picture, that word that I'd given unto you, it shall come to pass. The Lord says you will see it. The Lord says, as you embrace my cross, the Lord said, the glory shall be revealed as I revealed it to you through the 727, through the covenant to covenant. 
That's what the 727 means. It means the cup from one covenant to the other covenant. Father, for the Lord says that even through the old covenant, even through the circumcision and the blood that flowed through the circumcision, the Lord says, I'm proclaiming a new circumcision. I'm proclaiming even the circumcision of Christ that not only redeems sins but heals bodies. And the Lord says that my covenant of grace that I've given unto you as a release of my glory through the blood of the cross, the Lord says, I'm releasing it to you, and I'm releasing it through you, says the Lord. For the Lord says, look not at what your eyes see, but that which my spirit has revealed unto you, says the Lord. For it is my covenant with you that shall release grace and shall release glory in your life and through your life, says the Lord. The Lord says the time of waiting. Lord, though it's been long, the Lord says, my promises are yes and amen. For my words are sure. My words are true. And so shall my word be that goes forth, that's gone through my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it surely will accomplish that which I please. And it will prosper in the way that where I to I sent it in the name of of Jesus for the Lord says that truly my word is yes and amen receive it embrace it for the vision is yet for the appointed time and that time is on the horizon the new day says the Lord hallelujah 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 the 727 <laughs> How many know that God's covenant, seven is the number of covenant, that he makes covenant from covenant to covenant. Amen. There's a marrying of the new and the old. Circumcision of the flesh, the circumcision of the heart. And God is bringing. Hallelujah. On the way here, just keep playing in the background, church. Keep playing in the background. So on the way here, or earlier this morning, I heard the word Lancaster. I don't know if there's anybody here from Lancaster. Um, maybe you were visited there. You got family. I don't know. I know there's a city. I think it's a city in California. There's a city I know in Pennsylvania named Lancaster. But does that, does that ring a bell with anybody this morning? That either you visited there, something significant happened there, or anything like that? Huh? Yes? Oh, okay. That's for you then. Come on. <laughs> you getting all the words these days. I mean, Lancaster. Okay. Come on, come on up here. Lancaster. For a move of God. Okay. Okay. Okay, and okay, you were. You lived in Lancaster. You know, I recently called my mom, and I had we're updating the timeline of like where we used to live. Yeah. Kind of just going through childhood for the new year. Okay. Okay. And you're, you're, your dad lived. You grew up there. Okay, so, so here's what I'm hearing. There, there's, 
this is significant what you said about there, there was like a revival going on there. Uh, something happening in the spirit. I think there's like this DNA. I want you guys just to join hands of revival and awakening that, that's come from that city that we, 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 we can tap into because, I, I, I mean, the Lord just doesn't tell me this stuff, you know, saying for no reason. But to put the pieces together sometimes is difficult. Amen. But I believe that there is there is DNA out of Lancaster, California, that God wants us to tap into to, to bring it here. Does that make sense? All right, so I, got, I, went, I went all of the, these up front. Could you go ahead and lift your hands up to the Lord? So, Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, Father, we draw. Father, we draw on the DNA, Lord, of revival and awakening in Lancaster, California. Lord, these that have partaken, that have been in that city, grew up in that city, Father, sat in a revival in that city right now in the name of Jesus. We draw. Father, by the direction of the Holy Spirit, we draw on the DNA of revival and awakening from Lancaster, California, in the name of Jesus. We make a demand on heaven, Father, as you've opened this door in the Spirit, and we pray, O oh God, Lord, that all of the awakening, all the revival, all the healing, all of the salvation, all of the miracles, Father, Lord, that came to that hot spot in Lancaster, Father, in the Spirit, we draw on that anointing and that glory now. I want everybody to say now in the name of Jesus. More glory. Say with me. More glory. More power. More miracles. More salvation. More healing. We make a demand on heaven on the DNA of revival and awakening from Lancaster, California, we receive it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Give him praise. Give him glory. Father, we receive it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Keep playing. Keep playing. Come on. There's a flow here. There's, you got something? Here, they get that microphone. Yeah. One of the words we got when we were at Lancaster was that it was a city of refuge, and the same thing is for Phoenix, Arizona. Amen. So, Father, even as Lancaster, California was a city of refuge, Father, it's been prophesied that Phoenix is a city of refuge. Lord, for those that are hungry and thirsty for awakening, those that need salvation, healing, deliverance, and miracles. So I want you to say this with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, we decree, we declare that Phoenix, Arizona is a city of refuge for your glory in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Shout unto God. Hallelujah. 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 Is there anybody here, you, you're dealing with sleep apnea. Sleep apnea. Sleep apnea. Anybody got sleep apnea issues? Come on up. Anybody else? Come on, quick, quick, quick. Stay in the glory. Come on. Will you stand with me? Come on, stay engaged. Stay engaged. Stay engaged. There's a flow. The flow of the glory. Pray in the spirit. Come on, participate. Participate. All right, ministry team. Yeah. Ministry team, come on up. I'm going to need some help up here. Sleep apnea. 
Everybody pray out here. Come on. This is not spectator time. Come on, begin to pray out there in the name of Jesus. Pray in the Spirit. Come on.
Halleluja. 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 Sweet spirit in this house. Really sweet spirit. spirit here this morning. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Well, Father, in Jesus' name, we just commit this time to you, God. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your grace, your glory. Father, we are hungry. We're thirsty for more of your presence, Father. We thank you that you've graced us, Lord, with your presence and your glory, Father. And so, Father, we come, Lord. We pray that the spirit of revelation would be released upon us, Father, as we hear your word this morning, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, amen Amen and amen. Worship team, awesome job this morning. Give them a hand we get right into the word this morning. This word is, I believe, a strategic word of the Lord. It came out of prayer, out of the awakening uh, house of prayer on Monday. And I believe that some revelation here, I think it was going to help us this morning. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to Genesis chapter 9. Genesis chapter 9, verse 12. The title of this message this morning is Cut to the Heart. Applying the redeeming blood of the Lamb. Genesis chapter 9, verse 12. Father, in the name of Jesus, we commit, Lord, this time to you. I pray, O God, that you'd cause my tongue to be, as it were, the pen of a ready writer to preach and speak a word in season that bring revelation regarding your blood in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said... Amen and amen. So what we find in Scripture is that there are signs of every covenant that the Lord has made throughout the Bible. As you know, that after the Lord created Adam and Eve, there was a period of time where mankind became very, very wicked. The Lord, it grieved the Lord's heart that he created man, and he decided to obliterate, you know, mankind with a flood But then he made a covenant with Noah. Amen. And in Genesis chapter 9, we see that there are, there is a sign of the covenant that was given unto Noah and all the people of the earth. Genesis 9, 12. And it says, and God said, this is the sign. Say with me, the sign of the covenant, which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you. For perpetual generations, I set my rainbow, say with me, rainbow, in the cloud, and it shall be for the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. It shall be when I bring a cloud over the earth that the rainbow rainbow shall be seen in the cloud, and I will remember my covenant. Say with me, remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of the flesh. The waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all of the flesh. So this was the promise that went with the covenant that he would no longer ever uh, destroy mankind. So every time we see a rainbow, you know, society wants us to think one thing about the rainbow. But how many know that God, it's his sign. Amen. We need to take that sign back from iniquitous... uh, structures uh, in our culture and say, no, the covenant belongs to the Lord. It's his, you know, let's see if you can make a a rainbow. No, only God can make one. Amen. This is his sign. It is his covenant. Amen. So that was the sign of the covenant, the rainbow. All right. Then, then the Lord made a covenant with Abraham. Amen. Genesis 17. Just go a few chapters over to Genesis chapter 17. And the Lord made covenant with Abraham. Genesis 17, verse 10. This is my covenant, 
which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male child among you shall be circumcised. Say with me, circumcised. And you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant. Say with me, sign of the covenant between me and you. So this was a sign uh, issued uh, in the flesh of men to say that I belong to Jehovah. I belong to God. This is the sign that he gave them. Amen. I'm glad I'm not part of the Old Testament. Amen. But praise God. Anyway, I'm not going to go there. Amen. All right. So we have an old covenant and we've got a new covenant. How many know that in uh, the new covenant we've got a, another sign of the covenant? In Mark chapter 16, part of the Great Commission, Mark 16, verse 15. And Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized, say with me, baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Now, we know that water baptism is not going to get you saved, and it's not going to keep you out of heaven, amen? But it is a sign of the covenant. Water baptism is an integral part of Jesus' great commission. It is a public demonstration or an outward sign of a believer's faith in Christ. If you've uh, receive Christ as your Savior, and you've never been water baptized, I encourage you to get water baptized. Amen? Just an obedience unto the Scripture. Water baptism is to believers in the New Covenant what circumcision was to Israel in the Old Covenant. Amen? While b- water baptism, again, will not alone in and of itself produce salvation, it is an important Christian doctrine issued by Jesus that all believers should obey. How many know that one of the six doctrines of Christ is doctrines of baptisms? Though it is a teaching, it meant something to Christ, so it should mean something to us. Amen? There are many different types of baptisms. There's water baptism. There's spirit baptism. There's fire baptism. And one of the the first ones is water baptism. I remember I got saved. I got filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit, but I never got baptized in water after. So I did as a Catholic baby, but how many know that don't mean anything? When we do baby dedications, you're actually dedicating the parents. They don't realize that. (laughs) Calling up the parents. Oh, we're going to dedicate the baby. We're not baptizing the baby because uh, water baptism is only for believers in Christ. It's a sign that you believe. A baby can't believe. Amen? So it actually is a is a dedication of the parents that they're going to raise their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That's what it is. We trick parents into coming up here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they find out later that they just made a commitment. A big one, that's right. Amen. Romans chapter 6, verse 4. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism unto death, That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. I believe that there is spiritual significance to water baptism. Amen? Why would Jesus tell us to do it if it didn't have some significance spiritually? It does. So when you go down in the water, amen, you 
symbolically, but I believe there's something that happens in the spirit where you go down in the water, you die with Christ all of your sins, and you raise up in the newness of Christ, you're a new man. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Some people think, oh, well, you know, getting saved is just turning over a new leaf. It's like, no, 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 no. There is spiritual significance, the transformation of your spirit from death unto life when you accept Jesus Christ in your Lord and Savior. It is the greatest miracle you could ever uh, receive is salvation, being the the born-again experience. Amen? All right. So let's talk a little bit about the circumcision of Christ. Paul's letter to the Colossians provides us with an important link between water baptism and the circumcision of Christ. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 11, on your screen, in him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. So through this passage of scripture, we see that the circumcision of Christ is represented through water baptism, but accomplished by putting off the sins of the flesh. All right? So putting off the sins of the flesh is performed by the circumcision made without hands. That means it's not a fleshly circumcision. It is a circumcision of the heart. Amen? And so we're going to look into this circumcision of the heart because this is what performs the circumcision without hands is a circumcision of the heart. Let's go over a few aspects of the circumcision of the heart. Number one, it is performed by the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 2, verse 28. For he is not a Jew who is not one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and listen now, and circumcision is that of The heart, in the spirit, not in the letter. All right? So what is he talking about here? When we talk about the circumcision of the heart, how many know he's not talking about your blood pump? He's not talking about this heart. In Scripture, the heart also represents the spirit of man. The Bible says the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, Searching the innermost parts of the belly. This is where your spirit man resides. When people say they have a gut feeling, they are being, they are being led by their conscience, amen, or their intuition, amen. That's your spirit man. He's talking about the circumcision of your spirit, amen. So while the circumcision of the flesh is an outward sign of the Old Testament covenant, the circumcision of the heart is performed in the Spirit by the Holy Spirit. 
So putting off the sins of the flesh is accomplished through a circumcision of the heart performed by the Holy Ghost. Amen? In Acts chapter 7, verse 51, it says, You stiff-necked, that word literally means stubborn, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in hearts and ears. How many know that your, your spirit has ears? Just like you got ears here. Jesus said, if anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. Well, they all had ears. They had these ears, but not all of them had these ears. How many know the circumcision of your heart also can mean the circumcision of your eyes and your ears? That's why he says, you know, they can't see, they can't hear. Because their ears and their eyes have been uncircumcised. You always resist the Holy Spirit. You can always find those that are uncircumcised in heart because they always resist the leading of the Spirit of God. Amen? The uncircumcised in heart are stubborn, rebellious, and they resist the Holy Spirit. So number one, the circumcision of the heart is performed by the Holy Spirit. Number two, the circumcision of the heart is a consecration to the Lord. You see, both a New Testament and Old Testament expression and experience the circumcision of the heart encompasses a consecration unto the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 4. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord and take away the foreskins of your hearts, you men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. So the circumcision of the heart is just not a New Testament concept. It's all throughout the Old Testament. The prophet's always talking about circumcise your hearts. Amen? Number three. Circumcision of the heart produces a love for the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12. And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, walk in His ways, to love Him with all of your heart, Therefore, circumcise the foreskin of your heart and be stiff-necked no longer. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 6. And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, that you may live. You see, you can't fulfill the greatest commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. You cannot fulfill that commandment unless you have been circumcised in your heart. Amen? The circumcision of the heart, number four, produces repentance from sin. Now we're going somewhere. Number four. Remember that Peter, in Acts chapter 2, after, how many know that miracles will draw a crowd? And there was a man who is lame from birth, sat at the gate beautiful for years and years and years. He was lame from birth, probably about 40 years old. And even Jesus passed him by. But how many know that there was a collision, a course collision with destiny that day? That it was his day to be healed. He came expecting Maybe some gold, maybe some silver, but Peter had none of those. What did he say? Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And he put action to his faith, and he picked him up. It wasn't until he took him by the arm and pulled him up that his ankle bones received strength. Notice that. 
He had to do something. Faith without works is dead. You're going to see with miracles, there's the working of miracles because there's work you got to do. you got to work a miracle. We're going to learn about miracles because this is a house of miracles. been prophesied so many times that we're just not a house of prophecy. We're a house of miracles, but we got to press into it. We need to step into it. Amen, church? we got to come expecting. That's why I even throw out all our ads. We say, come expecting. Come expected. If you have no expectation, nothing will happen. We've got to expect healing. We've got to expect salvation. We've got to expect miracles. If you're going to get them, you've got to get them by faith. Amen? That means you've got to step out. And that's what we're doing. All right. So the guy gets healed, pulls him up. Everybody, is, no, they, everybody knew who this person was. So he gathered a crowd into the temple. He began to preach the gospel of salvation to this great group of people. Amen? Let's pick it up at Acts chapter 2, verse 36. Therefore, uh, this is Peter preaching. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, listen to their response. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. Say it with me, cut to the heart. It didn't say they were cut to the head. It says they were cut to the heart. What was happening? There was a circumcision of their heart that took place. Amen. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? We're convicted. There's been a cut made. What do we do about it? Amen. And Peter said to them, repent. Say with me, repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Say with me, remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You see, the conviction of and repentance from sin is a matter of the heart, not of the head or the mind. Amen? I hear people say all the time, well, repentance is a change of mind. Yes and no. If there's no change in the heart, I don't care what happens up here. If this has not been changed, the repentance will fall short. It will just be a mental ascension. How many know that the issues of the heart is what's of the spirit that will bring a change? When you got born again, your head didn't get changed. Your spirit, man, got rebirth. Amen? Repentance is the same way. That is the pathway to salvation. Amen? So the circumcision of the flesh is a cut to the flesh that produces a natural flow of blood. The circumcision of the heart is a cut to the heart that produces a conviction of sin which catalyzes the repentance process. Amen? So how many know that repentance has to be preached for people to be convicted? That's exactly what Peter did. And how many know there was a precursor to Peter? His name was John. John the Baptist. Mark chapter 1, verse 4. John came baptizing in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Now, this was before Jesus started preaching this stuff. 
How many know that he was preparing the way for Jesus by preaching a baptism of repentance, performing a uh, baptism of repentance for the remission of sins? How many know that in the Old Testament there was the atonement of sins? There's a difference between the atonement of sins and the remission of sins. The atonement of sins simply covers sin. Remission means the removal, to take away sin. The blood of bulls and goats could only cover sin, but the blood of Jesus remits and removes all sin. Amen? But it's the preaching of repentance that will bring a series of events that will cause you, your sins to be remitted. Amen? Acts chapter 13, verse 23. From this man's seed, according to the promise, God raised up for Israel a Savior. Jesus. After John first preached before his coming the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. In another place, Acts chapter 19, verse 4, Paul said this, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. You see, John prepared the way for the messenger of the covenant, Jesus, through preaching and performing a baptism of repentance, declaring that this new covenant would be entered into through repentance. Amen? How many know that the Old Testament speaks of John the Baptist? Many, many different places. talks about this person. In fact, let's look at Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3, verse 1. This is a prophecy given by Malachi. Just a few hundred years before he came, it says, Behold, I send my messenger. Say with me, my messenger. And he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant. I want you to say it with me, the messenger of the covenant. In whom you delight. So in this passage of scripture, there are two messengers. There is my messenger and is uh, the messenger of the covenant. My messenger was John the Baptist. The messenger of the covenant is Jesus Christ. So you've got two messengers, but they come with the same message. Amen? John the Baptist, Matthew chapter 3, verse 2. What was his message? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What does that mean? It means the kingdom of heaven, literally means the kingdom of heaven draws near. Did you know that the terms kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God can never be found in the Old Testament? It is a whole new covenant with a whole new kingdom. Jesus brought the kingdom. Amen. And we've got to preach the gospel of the kingdom, which cannot be entered without repentance. And the devil has done his best to take repentance out of a gospel. There's been preached in America a repentance-less gospel with no blood. Because blood 
is messy. Yeah. A bloodless gospel, a repentless gospel. It's not even a word, but. Amen. John came with that message. Did you, what did Jesus preach? Well, just in the next chapter, Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. After Jesus came out of the wilderness, he came out in the power of the Spirit. And it says, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So we've got two messengers with the same message. My thoughts are, if it was good enough for John the Baptist, if it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. Amen? And I issue that challenge to anybody preaching the gospel, watching this video, that you better be preaching the gospel of the kingdom, which is founded on the first doctrine of Christ, numero uno, 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 uno. As you can tell, I'm not a Spanish guy. The doctrines of Christ, number one. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1, leaving the discussion of the elementary. This is elementary, and we don't get it. Elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again. Well, we need to lay it again. We need to lay it again in America. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. That's why we need the the restoration of the prophetic ministry because the foundation of repentance has been obliterated by a greasy grace, false grace gospel in America, especially in America. Amen? Number one, foundation of repentance from dead works, faith towards God, doctrines of baptism, laying on of hands, resurrection from the dead, eternal judgment. Those are the six. Number one, repentance from dead works. It is the foremost doctrine of Christ, a cornerstone of the Christian faith. You see, repentance is not optional, but instead a requirement for genuine conversion, salvation, and the remission of sins. Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. If there's no repentance, there's no conversion. If there's no repentance, there's no blotting out of sin. Amen? This false grace gospel that they promulgate basically says, I'm already forgiven. Yes and no. How many know you're not forgiven unless you repent? Repentance has to be appropriated or accessed. Forgiveness can only be appropriated through repentance. Jesus paid for all of your sins, but you have to appropriate forgiveness through repentance. Just like he paid for your healing. Is everybody healed? No. You've got to access healing through a commodity called faith. Amen? Now, he paid for your healing, but not everybody's healed. Why? Because you have to appropriate access healing through faith. Just like you've got to appropriate forgiveness through repentance. That's the vehicle that he's used. So what's happened when people, uh, they they say, come to Jesus and, and, and be saved. But there's no repentance involved. 
They come down just as they are, and they go back just as they were. Unconverted. They said a prayer to receive Jesus, but there was no repentance, so there was no conversion. And if there was no conversion, there's no remission of sins. And so we've been preaching a false gospel and literally inoculating people with a false gospel. People thinking they're saved, but they're not. That's probably the biggest problem in America today. Amen? I'm not going to keep going down this path because we've got more places to go. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. For godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation. Repentance first, then salvation. Repentance first, then conversion. Repentance first, then the blotting out of sin. Does that make sense? Even Peter, for 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to what? Repentance. Without repentance, we will perish. Amen? Unfortunately, many, in many circles of Christianity, the Great Commission has become the great suggestion. Have you tried Jesus? Have you tried Jesus? No. Jesus is going to try you. (laughs) You don't try Jesus. You don't try the Son of God. That's called tempting Christ. You don't try Him. No, He's going to try you. Right? (laughs) Everybody wants to suggest salvation. This is what he said, Acts chapter 17, verse 30. Truly, these times of ignorance, a lot of ignorance, these times of ignorance, God has overlooked, but now commands, not suggest, commands all men everywhere to repent. When? Now. Who? All. Where? Everywhere. Amen? I'm passionate about this because so many have been hoodwinked by a false gospel. Just go look at the fruit of their lives. Some of these false grace churches, you can see rampant homosexuality, rampant sin. Oh, we've all been forgiven. Really? Ah, no repentance. Nope. No dice on uh, your blood being or your sins being blotted away. Nope. Doesn't work that way, guys. No repentance, no forgiveness. That's the true gospel. Amen? In fact, the Great Commission, we love talking about Mark 16, the Great Commission. How many know that each one of the gospels has a part of the Great Commission? This part we always miss out of Luke. Luke chapter 24, verse 46. This is the Great Commission, his part, this is Luke's part. Then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. Listen now. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations. That's the commission. Preach repentance and the remission of sin to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. That was his part of the Great Commission. And we've missed it, church. You know? Going to play some great music and have some great speakers and 
Have people to come to Jesus, but no repentance at all. Well, you just, you're doing the gospel disservice because you're inoculating people with a false gospel. People thinking they're saying, oh, yeah, I did that. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt, but no conversion. Bible talks about fruits of repentance. Amen? Where's the fruits of repentance? I know when I got saved, people said, we got to follow up. You know, they got saved. You got to go after them, chase them. Nobody had chased me. After I got born again, I was there. Early morning prayer meeting, every service, there. Why? Nobody had chased me down. No, I was chasing him. One chasing the church, one chasing the preacher, a church chasing him. Yeah. True salvation, fruits of repentance, somebody should be running. You don't have to run them down, they're running you down. Amen? When did they really get saved? Well, did you preach the real gospel? Did you, did you preach the, the right thing? All right, let me move on, move on, move on. <laughs> kind of passionate there. All right. Moving life right along. So the circumcision of the flesh is a cut to the flesh that produces a natural flow of blood. Listen now. The circumcision of the heart is a cut to the heart that produces a conviction of sin which catalyzes repentance and the confession of sin. A cut to the heart, listen now, this is important. A cut to the heart releases a flow of the precious blood of Jesus. When you get cut to the heart, there is a blood flow, but it's the blood of Jesus. You getting it? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. According to the riches of his grace. Now, a few years ago, I did a message on the blood of Jesus. It was like 14 different things the blood of Jesus does. I don't have time to go over those this morning. But I will say that Jesus' blood blesses, redeems, remits, purifies, cleanses, sanctifies, justifies, saves, heals, reconciles, witnesses, speaks, acquits, perfects, authorizes, and empowers... That's an entire message in 30 seconds. <laughs> so I've got one question for you today, students. One question. Which discipline of Christ enables us to not only commune with and call to remembrance the blood of Jesus, but also applies the blood of Jesus to our sins. Anybody have an answer? That's right. How many know that there are holy disciplines? You know, in the Catholic Church, I was raised Catholic, and they actually had some very good things in the Catholic Church. They had what was called sacraments. Sacraments are sacred things, holy things. They had holy communion. And I remember before you could receive your first holy communion that you had to go to your first confession. Anybody remember that if you're a Catholic? We had to go to our first confession, and then we could receive communion. Well, there's actually really a, a biblical principle in that. Amen? So the communion celebration is that discipline of Christ. How many of there's different disciplines? 
The disciplines are usually marked by something that's holy to the Lord. And we preached about this a couple weeks ago. How many know that the Sabbath is holy unto the Lord? It is a quote-unquote sacrament. But it is a command of God. It's holy unto the Lord. So if we're going to walk in holiness, we need to keep the Sabbath. Amen? I'm not going into that message. The tithe is holy to the Lord. The Bible says the tithe is holy. So we need that there's discipline. There's a discipline of keeping the Sabbath, disciplines of tithing, and there's also the discipline of communion. There are many other disciplines, but we're just going to talk about the discipline of communion. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? 1 Corinthians eleven twenty five. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. In Jesus' blood. This, this is what Jesus said. As often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So we bring into remembrance this covenant made by Jesus' blood by celebrating communion. Does that make sense? All right. And our communion with the body and blood of Christ encompasses four very important aspects of repentance. We apply the blood through heart circumcision. Remember, when you get cut to the heart, this is where the blood of Jesus flows. Amen? Let's go over this very quickly. Number one. The communion celebration, number one, there is the contemplation of sin. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27. Whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Verse 28, listen, very important. But let a, a man examine himself. Say with me, examine himself. And so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cups. What is he saying here? Don't partake of communion if there's, you've got sin in your life because it will actually work against you. You'll be guilty of the blood in, in the body of the Lord. Amen? Similar to tithing. Don't bring your tithe if you have an offense against somebody because it will bear, bring the wrong witness in heaven. What did he say? If you bring to the altar your gift and you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift and go reconcile with your brother before you bring it. Why? Because if you bring your tithe and it has a testimony of unforgiveness, it actually will work against you in the courts of heaven. That's why a lot of tithing and offerings that people are doing is not working. is because it has the wrong testimony because you came with an offense when you brought it. Same way with communion. If you don't have the right heart when you partake of communion, it's going to actually work against you. Does that make sense? All right. So let a man examine himself. Self-examination gives the Holy Spirit the opportunity to convict us of our sin. If you're not convicted of your sin, you can't repent of your sin. You know, it talks about in Scripture, the Holy Spirit, when He comes, He will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And we, know we don't preach that either. The spirit of conviction. You've got to be convicted. Which brings us to number two, the conviction of sin. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty nine. 29. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment. 
to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. So if you come with sin in your heart, you're actually drinking and eating judgment on yourself. And he says here, for this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many are dead. Prematurely dead is literally what that means. He says many sleep. If you sleep in Jesus, that means you're dead. (laughs) Amen? So maybe that's one of the reasons why we've got sickness in the church, or people dying prematurely early, is because they haven't resolved sin in their heart, and they're partaking of communion with sin, unconfessed sin. Amen? For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we would not be condemned with the world. All right, so there's the contemplation of sin, the conviction of sin. Number three, the confession of sin. This is all during the communion process. Proverbs 28, verse 13. He who covers his sins will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes his sin will have mercy. How many know that repentance just is not simply the confession of sin? Repentance is the confession and turning away from sin. That means you're going in one direction. That's what repent means. It means to do a 180, not a 360. People go, oh, we're going to do a 360. Well, we're still going the same way. <laughs> No, you're going to do 180. <laughs> I'm going to repent. It means I confess that sin, I turn away from it, and I run towards God. Amen. Amen? All right. Number four, we're coming in for landing. Number four, then there's the cleansing of your sin. Confess, and he's going to cleanse you. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. If we walk in the light as he in the, is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. This is all part of heart circumcision. This is something uh, that we can practice every day. I know we do it once a month here. We actually did it at our awakening house of prayer this past Monday. We actually celebrated uh, communion. But every time you do, you're participating in a circumcision of your heart. Does that make sense? Where the blood of Jesus, and I had a vision during that prayer meeting. And while we were doing it, I had a vision of a cut. God did a cut in my heart. And all of a sudden, blood began to flow out of me. But it wasn't my blood. It was the blood of Jesus. It covered me, and it came out of my body, and it began to go into the land. So we always have a tendency that we always repent of our own sin. But there's something called identificational repentance. That when we repent for the sins of the land, that our intercessions will actually have impact and cause a redemption of the land. What does it say in 2 Chronicles 7, 14? If my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, that's repentance. Then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins, and what? Heal their land. Amen? So as intercessors, as we partake of communion, we not only repent of our own sins, the sins of our family, but we want to see the redemption of the land so that the blood of Jesus just doesn't flow through me or my family, but it flows out of our church into the city, into the state, into the land, where there is a redemption of the land. Amen? So that there is glory in our land. Amen? Hallelujah. Everybody stand. Ryan, if you'll come.
Who's ready to receive communion this morning? Hallelujah. All right. Everybody have your elements. If you don't, I guess there's maybe some extra ones if you didn't get one. Praise the Lord. But we're going to have a time of self-examination. Amen. As Ryan begins to play, we just want to begin to ask the Holy Spirit. In fact, pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you. I humble myself before you. And I ask for the grace of repentance. For the acknowledging of the truth. Bring to my remembrance all sins of the flesh, all sins of the heart, any idolatry in my life, any sins of the tongue. Reveal them to me. Convict, convict me of these sins that I might confess them and be cleansed of them as we remember your body and your blood. This day... In the name of Jesus. So I just want you to, as you begin to play, just, just get still before the Lord. Let the Holy Spirit search our hearts. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I give you permission to circumcise my heart. Cut me to the hearts. Convict me of sin. I want you to pray this. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I confess my sins before you now. Cleanse me with your precious blood that flows through this circumcision of my heart. Let it flow over me, my spirit, my soul, my body, in the name of Jesus. I'm going to go ahead and read a passage out of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul said, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night 
in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had gave thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is... Do this in remembrance of me. Let's partake of the body together and be thankful. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's partake of the cup together and be thankful for his blood. you to pray this with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your broken body, the stripes you took at the whipping post, and the blood that was shed there for my healing. I thank you for the blood of Christ that blesses me, redeems me, remits all of my sins, purifies me, cleanses me, sanctifies me, justifies me, saves me, heals me, reconciles me, witnesses for me, speaks for me, acquits me, perfects me, encourages me to do your work. In the name of Jesus, I celebrate your blood, the blood of the covenant. Lord, entrust to me the message of repentance and the blood of Christ that removes all sin in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Shout unto God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ministry team, if you'll come on up. Ministry team, come on up. Everybody just be still just for a moment. Don't leave quite yet. I'm going to give an invitation this morning for salvation. So if you could just stay where you're at. I want everybody, every head bow, every eye closed. As the ministry team comes up, every head bowed, every eye closed. I preached enough of the gospel this morning to save you if you're not born again. And so we're going to pray a prayer this morning, a prayer of repentance to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. There is a God and there is a real devil. There is a real heaven and a real hell. And you can never do enough good things to earn heaven. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 
for all sinners saved by grace. Saved by His grace. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and not, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. If you confess Jesus as Lord, believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. With the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession made unto salvation. So, if that's you this morning, you're not sure if you died, you would go to heaven today. I want you to pray this prayer with me, say, Dear God, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I repent of my sins. And I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Cleanse me of all iniquity as I repent of every sin. Wash me with your blood. Make me clean. Make me new. A new creation in you I thank you Lord that I am now your child my name is written in heaven in Jesus name amen amen there's anybody here that's prayed that for the first time or maybe you've drifted from the Lord and you've returned to Christ our ministers here are here this morning to pray with you also if you need prayer for healing you need prayer of agreement. Any of those prayers, our ministry team's here to minister to you. I, I was going to mention earlier, I forgot that Pastor Kay is serving in the children's church this morning. That's why she wasn't in service this morning. Praise God. How many blessed this morning? All right. I'm going to bless you, and I'll meet you at the door. Don't forget to come and get prayer. Stand up, and let me bless you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless your people this morning. Father, I apply the blood of the Lamb over each and every one of you as a protection. Father, thank you for your precious blood this morning. And I declare, Lord God, that each one is the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. Blessed in the city, blessed in the field. I thank you, Lord, that they are ambassadors of Christ, ministers of reconciliation, epistles read of all men, vessels of honor fit for the Master's use. They may have come in as a lamb, but they're going out as a lion. This morning, so on the count of three, we're going to roar in this church. Ready, church? One, two, three. God bless you. I'll meet you at the door. Meeting house of prayer tomorrow.